0: betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc BetNay, thank you for being the best part jesse d be quiet you're boring
1: Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 456 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I'm your host, laughing ass Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined by the lovely, the talented, the joke cracking when the mics go hot, <laughs> Brittany Page. Here she is.
2: <laughs> oh, I threw you off your game. Yeah, you did. I'm sorry. I apologize. Well,
1: can I explain a little bit of how the sausage is made super quick, very briefly?
2: Do you mean about our pre-show taunting? Yeah, well, it's not just, you know. <laughs> it's
1: that the, we turn, we, I start recording, the mics go hot, and we have like 20 seconds of silence to get a sound signature of the room so I can remove that noise in post. Right. And during that time, uh-huh. you're often a fucking cut-up asshole to yeah. try to get me to laugh and shit. Uh-huh. And this was one of those moments. <laughs> yes. Where you're like head faking me like, I know. I'm
2: <laughs> So what a douche. I know. I'm sorry. I'm really the worst. But th- this is why. This is how we are able to start the show with so much fun energy that everyone is used to, right?
1: Yep. <laughs> so is
2: your arm healed?
1: It is healed. It actually, I
2: is your band aid still on? No,
1: I, I ripped. I ripped it off, and you know, I'm a little lower on the evolutionary chain, so I'm <laughs> I'm a little hairier of fella. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't a pleasant experience taking that, that, that like, shitty Walgreens Band-Aid off. hmm Because I did, as Listener Kelly from New England did. Yes. I went down to the, to the Walgreens. Uh-huh. Flashed my VA healthcare card or whatever the hell it is.
2: Yeah. I'm
1: not sure exactly what kind of an ID it is, but it is from the VA. Mm-hmm. They punched me into the computer, they gave me a form make sure I wasn't allergic to anything, and then got me in there to get my flu shot.
2: Yeah. They also needed your social security number, which was weird. <laughs>
1: yeah, I didn't like that. It was but like, this I, is
2: really serious. But
1: you noticed at the end of it, I was like, yoink, I said, I want that paper back that I wrote it down on. Yeah. She she was like, oh yeah, of course, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um. But I wanted to even make like a little like a little PSA, a little YouTube video about... You know, for veterans, go down there and get it free. Just go down and do it and talk a little bit about herd immunity. Same stuff that we've been talking about on the show.
2: Yeah. And I was recording. Yeah. And... I followed you in to the Walgreens recording you. <laughs> and we, we, had a, we had a whole plan. And then I was recording while you were standing in line. And then the bad news came. Yeah,
1: the guy comes up. And yeah. then I... I didn't act super cool about it. I mean, I didn't freak out, but he's like, well, there's anything I can help you with? I go, no, there's most certainly nothing you can help me with. All right. And he scurried off, but he told us we couldn't film in there. And he, like you said, you chastised me too. It's a good reason. Mm -hmm. It's for patient confidentiality. If somebody else was in there filming, I would have been like, what in the hell's going on? Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody has regrets in life. That's my one regret, that I was kind of a dick to that guy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, too bad that you couldn't make the PSA. Now veterans won't know that they can go get flu shots Yeah, because
1: I'm the only source. That's exactly what I was saying. I'm the only source to get that information out
2: there. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. no, Kelly Kelly's really doing that job. I mean, she's yeah, really- Yeah, she
1: stole my thunder on that one.
2: Yeah, she's really taking care of biz in that regard. Um, wow! But I I saw an article recently about vaccinations that talked about the rates of vaccinations for kids, comparing them um, kids born in like 2015 to like 2001. Yeah. And as of 2017, 1.3 percent of children born in 2015 had not received any of their recommended vaccinations.
1: One point
2: three
1: three percent
2: born in 2015. Okay. That's more than four times the level for 19- to 35-month-olds in 2001, which was 0.3%. Wow. That breaks down to roughly 100,000 children under the age of two who are not at all protected against 14 serious illnesses preventable through immunization. So, just, what, What's
1: going on with people, man?
2: And apparently, the lack of vaccination is more severe in rural areas, Um and among the uninsured. So we always talk about, like, rich areas like Marin County. Uh,
1: yeah, in the South San Francisco area.
2: Right, where the vaccination rates are comparable to some countries in Africa where there's just lack of access.
1: But it's of choice because that's a very wealthy county. One of the wealthiest counties in, the, in, in America.
2: Right, because of the pseudoscience that exists. Yeah. From certain websites that are popular in wealthy white communities. A
1: bunch of fucking goop shoppers. A bunch of Gwyneth Paltrow shoppers. Getting their jade eggs for their rich vaginas. Mm. To realign their chakras and a bunch of other nonsense.
2: So, it's pretty pretty unfortunate that the percentages are going up of children who are not receiving their vaccinations. It's going up. And I think... People talk about the reasons behind this and obviously bad information, but also we're just not seeing these diseases, right? We're not actually being threatened by them. I don't need
1: a polio vaccine. Nobody has polio. Nobody has polio dipshit because everybody got the fucking vaccine.
2: And yeah. So even with like measles, people just don't see how terrible these diseases are.
1: Now You see those pictures. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. And so you think, oh, I don't need that because that's not really a thing anymore. But the reason that's not a thing anymore is because everyone gets the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just working through this. You know, people like Donald Trump. Even we just saw in the sixty Minutes interview tonight, uh, which where, we won't really
1: be talking about, but
2: where he's talking about that climate change report, and he's talking about, well, you know, I don't really think that it's humans are involved in climate change, and it's
1: going to change, and then it's
2: going to change back. He yeah.
1: says with authority. Well,
2: what is this based on? Yeah. What is your scientific training? What have you been reading?
1: Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hey, Donald Trump, what is your scientific training? Well... <laughs> it just struck me funny.
3: Yeah, well, I, I want to know. I everybody
1: knows the
4: answer. I want to know.
2: Because I hear a lot of people giving their opinions about it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's all well and good. But you don't actually know. You're not actually trained in this area. You don't actually know. And so you're taking the majority of scientists that are trained, that have a specialization in this area, the majority... Of them saying that this is the case with climate change.
1: The vast majority.
2: Yes. And then people with no scientific training or education want to discount what all of them are saying based on what exactly. Well, it's like
1: that thing about autism that you that you read. That, that massive percentage of people believe they know more than doctors and scientists right. about the causes of autism.
2: Right. And here's what would be more honest. Is, you know... I don't know about the science on this issue, Um, so I I don't really know. I can't say. But, and then you can either say, I don't care what the scientists say because I don't care about this and I don't want to do anything about it. It's not interesting to me. I don't care.
1: Back to, to climate change. Right. Yeah.
2: Or... I don't really know, but I'm going to take the scientist's word for it. And yeah, we should be doing something about this. Those are the only two options for someone like Donald Trump.
1: Dipshit Donald, though, he said that, oh, they have a political agenda. You know, scientists. Scientists.
2: Right. Real I w-
1: big with their political agendas.
2: Well, I would like <laughs> to know what the, pol- to save the earth and all humans that live on the earth, what is the political agenda that they have?
1: <laughs> yeah. What do they gain?
2: Ooh, yeah. We want to get everybody on clean energy. Mm, <laughs> you know, what, what, what is the, what's the plan? I get to buy more tweed codes. <laughs> oh, ho, ho,
5: ho.
2: <laughs> but of course. We don't know what that is because he probably wouldn't even answer it if it was asked. But I appreciate Leslie Stahl. She made a very good attempt keeping him on track during the 60 Minutes interview. That was great. <laughs> How dare you? Why are you it's like all, this? It's all good
1: information.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The more they know. yeah. They being the audience. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Uh, let's get to some listener communication. Last time on the show, we talked a little bit about the the induction ceremony or the induction process of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that uh, Rufus and Shaka Khan were, were are nominated again for like the a multiple time. Mm-hmm. Janet LL, Jackson, Janet Jackson, LL Cool J,
6: mm-hmm.
1: um, Stevie Nicks was mm-hmm. another one. I'm
2: just Todd Rundgren.
1: <laughs> Todd Rundgren mm-hmm. and. Um, And, you know, I made some jokes about, you know, people who say they love music and, you know, everybody fucking loves music. And I don't know why I thought no one would call in, but, you know, I'm fucking dumb and someone did about the topic.
7: Hey, Jesse, Brittany, this is Jen from Long Beach. Um, I wanted to talk about your opening segment on episode 455 about music and people who say, oh, I don't really like music or I don't listen to music. Well... I already know I'm going to get a lot of shit from Jesse about this, but I kind of happen to be one of those people. Not that I don't like music per se, but it just, it doesn't really move me without something visual going along with it. So, to basically to the point where my favorite genre of music is like theme or something from a soundtrack because it reminds me of what it was that I was watching when I heard the song. And it just takes me back to what it is that I was The feeling that I felt when I saw what I saw Um, Besides that, I've never really liked Like, just music I mean, I don't listen to the radio, ever I don't care what's on it And the only form of radio that I do have is my iPod And my iPod only has 466 songs Which, 90% of it came from Something I was watching when I heard those songs And I'm like, oh (laughs) I like this i'll buy it and that's just who i've always been i've never really been a auditory person my fiance gives me so much shit about this like how do you not like music and i just keep trying to explain to him it's not that i don't like it i just it doesn't it doesn't move me i can't just sit and listen to something and then be like oh yeah i feel something not really i think like, the only band that i actually really feel that way about is celtic woman And again, Celtic Woman, I discovered them when I was watching something. So basically, all of my love for music comes from just movies or TV or something visual that I'm seeing. So yeah, that's my two cents. I already know Jesse's going to give me shit for this because, you know, that's what he does. So Brittany, defend me. <laughs> I doubt you will because you are a really big connoisseur of music yourself. But yeah, that's how I feel. Agree, disagree. i sure I'm going to get a lot of disagreement. But anyway, love the show. Britney is always the best part. Thanks, guys. Bye. Love the show. Britney, the best part. Bye.
1: Well, how could how can I disagree with her? She's saying how she feels. About, I can't dis. No, that's fucking wrong. Jen. You love music. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I
1: can't disagree. In fact. I guess what's the opposite of tooting my horn? <laughs> I'm fucking wrong. I was, I, I overstepped shocker that I would.
2: <laughs> I, tried get I tried to save you. I tried to save you.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 maybe it's just so ingrained in me because I love music so much that I don't get it. I just, that does not come cute. You know, I just don't, I don't fucking get that. Well, so. even
2: when um, Jen commented on not listening to the radio, you know, people that like don't listen to the radio. When yeah, well, they're in the car, it's just like silence. That's when they're driving right. Now that I'm
1: listening to this, we know somebody who's very close to us mm-hmm. who's just a silent car person.
2: Yeah, <laughs> a silent car person. Which is you make it sound so negative.
1: It's just it's weird. It's weird. It's to like me. a
2: cat house.
1: Yeah, it's that's a it's anathema to a me. A
2: silent car.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm listen, I'm not going to disagree with you, Jen. I mean, I don't, I don't. It doesn't process. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I can't fathom that. But. If you're happy, then, you know, it's okay for you to live a miserable life.
2: (laughs) Well, and that's kind of what when I was pushing against what you were saying and saying, no, there are people who like it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes I feel weird when I'm talking about music. Like I'll listen to a song. And it will transport me to a time in my life, and I—it's yeah. it, like tied to memories that are very profound. And sometimes the pain is like visceral, and I will tell my friend about it, <laughs> and she'll be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's interesting."
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, I'm at least once a day. A song gives me goosebumps, Mm -hmm. even a song I've heard a hundred times. Yeah, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah, I've been brought to tears from music. Goddamn. Yeah, countless times. Mm -hmm. Um, you're you're a little strange in that (laughs) there are happy songs that make you feel sad emotions. Oh yeah, because of the moment or the the event that they're tied to.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Also, music just hits you weird sometimes. Like the, yeah. the s- music on SNL makes me very sad.
1: <laughs> like the, 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 the horns and the intro, their theme song.
2: Yeah. And like at the end. And I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, like
1: when they're saying goodbye.
2: Yeah. I don't know why. I've tried to figure out why it makes me feel so sad. And I think maybe it was... When I was younger, and like the thought of going back to school was just like crushing, knowing that there was one more day left before having to go back to school. Wow! But it makes me like really sad when I hear it. Yeah. So I don't know. It that's just what music does, but not for, for sure. people like Jen. Yeah, apparently. yeah, you
1: know, robots. <laughs>
2: No, but she she did say if it's like a movie or something and she can attach it to a memory, so it's kind of similar in that way.
1: Yeah, the cameras that are hooked up to her CPU, they can (laughs)
2: correlate.
1: Uh,
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm sure she's not the only one. Of course she's not. Yes, she just had the the confidence to call in and admit it, to show herself. Yeah. We appreciate it. We
1: for sure appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Uh, On to something less funny and more serious as you would expect a call to be.
8: Hi, Brittany and Jesse. This is Janine from Orange County. The Republicans are at it again. I am so pissed off. They're starting with a voter suppression, dropping people's names from the registration, and it, this is their tactic in order to, you know, disenfranchise minorities uh, women, people, um, you know, that aren't representative, and and keeping them from being able to vote in November and 2020, and it just pisses me off so much. So, um, you know, we have to be very careful, and we have to – I hope they, you know, they have – they just get their pants sued off, because this is outrageous. I just get so pissed off about this kind of stuff. So I hope maybe you might be –
0: Hmm?
8: Oh, you know support you oh. everything that you both of you do i'm just glad that you're doing it and hang in there and don't get discouraged i'm not going to get discouraged and um you're both the best part thank you bye
1: janine thank you very much cut out there for a second but that's okay um we're going to talk about the voter suppression thing with Stacey abrams in georgia and brian kemp the current secretary of state we're going to get to that in the dollar democracy segment, but it is a it's an odd thing for me, the the voter suppression thing because, I mean, I understand it as a political strategy, but it is it is it is in direct contravention to democratic values that you would think that the, the Republicans would stand for above anything else, above of above winning, above any political calculus that they would say more voting is better. Mm-hmm. We're going to encourage more voting right. because that is democracy and ultimately that is what we stand for Mm -hmm. and it's been proven time and time and time and time again that that's just not the case Mm -hmm. whether it be with voter id laws which we have reams and mounds of evidence voluminous evidence of republicans admitting in interviews and elsewhere that voter id will Um, Suppress the Democratic vote.
2: Mm -hmm. We'll give them the outcome they're looking for. That's right. We'll lead to the outcome they're looking for.
1: And in the case of Brian Kemp, which we'll get to, I'm not going to go into it. In Georgia. Is, you know, just withhold, canceling 1.4 million. Well, I'm getting into it. Um, It it is voter suppression that is aimed directly at the African-American community in Georgia. So um, we are with you. Uh, it is not something we're going to let go. It's something we're going to talk about. We're going to tie it to the Republicans because it is their it is their football. Uh, de- you don't find Democrats doing this. You just don't. They are they're not the party that is trying to gerrymander districts en masse i'm sure there's isolated incidents where it happens but not on the scale that we see it from republicans
2: it's interesting that these topics don't receive more coverage it's almost like the <laughs> the most into- important topics like climate change how we're all gonna die um yeah if something doesn't change quickly yes, here, very quickly um and voter su- voter suppression and deleting people from the rolls like it these are the most important things that should be at the top of every news story, right? Yeah, at yeah. the top of every... Because they are
1: existential threats to our being, our species.
2: Yeah. I mean, also, that's these are human rights. Yeah. Right? That people have a say in who is elected to represent them and well, how... I was, b-
1: I was back on the climate change thing, but yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean both seriously it's all so important but for some reason we pay more attention to i don't know celebrity news or something
1: kanye in the white house
2: tmz which we're going
1: to talk about today a little bit
2: only a little bit
1: yeah well not maybe not in the way that people think we would anyway let's move on thank you for the call thank you both for the call we appreciate it very much i didn't drop the phone number last time Six five seven four six four. 7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com and we would love, seriously love to hear from you. Help us move the conversation forward as is our want to do. Next up with a little follow-up. We talked about the woman who called the cops on the black guy who was babysitting the two white kids and uh, the 911 call has been released. It is a four. 15-minute call, most of which is kind of boring. Her pulling a George Zimmerman and following behind the guy when the even after the 911 operator said, "No, no, no, ma'am, we don't want you to do that. We don't need you to follow." She continued to follow. But here's about two two minutes and change of the exchange, and I want you to hear this woman. And then we have two other instances to talk about just from this week alone, where white people were acting out of line. And causing problems, and again, that could be life-ending situations for black people in America who are innocent, going about their lives and going about their days. Here is the first part of that 911 call.
5: Okay, 911, we'll address if you emergency. Hi there. Um, I'm in the Walmart parking lot at Barrett Parkway, and I just got my nails done, and I see this black gentleman with these two little white kids and I and so I just had a funny feeling and so I rode around and I came back and I said I saw the girl get in and then the little boy and I said I walked joke around and I said do these kids are these kids okay do you know these kids and he goes why wouldn't I and I said I don't know it's a day, day and age So I rode around again and I said, let me see the little girl and he goes no and I said well let me just see the little girl and See, she knows you, and, and uh, you know, so even the the uh, gas station right now, the number on the plate is uh, CEL 9706. It's a, uh, like an electric blue Honda. Did you want um, to be with a police and, officer? And it could be nothing, but I'm not sure, and I figured, well, let me call up. He's not getting any gas. Well, all right, he's just got, he's got uh, uh, like one of those bright um, green hats on with a a green type of uh, shirt. And he's getting gas. But, and and again, if I didn't do this, I would would be up all night. Okay, did you want to meet with a police officer? What? Did you want to meet with a police officer? I can't hear you. Did you want to meet with a police officer? Well, I'd like somebody to come and look at this guy to make sure that he knows these kids. Okay, and where are you at? I'm at the Barrett Parkway Walmart. He's been he's been getting gifts. Okay, which one? There's multiple. Parkway. There's multiple. Which one? Is it the one out there at Power Springs you, Road? No, no. This is Barrett Parkway. Right, there's multiple Walmarts. Parkway. Yeah, there's multiple Walmarts on, there, on their road. Chastain Meadows, Chastain Meadows, Barrett Parkway.
2: So one thing that is interesting about this call is that she's not saying anything that would indicate the police need to get there urgently or that something very concerning is happening. Yeah, yeah. Like he, maybe he's grabbing the children and yeah. forcing them into the car right. or the children... Are like, you know, rubbing their hand slowly on the window and mouthing help or, you know, there's nothing weird going on. She's not describing anything weird. It's just that she has a feeling. Right. But she's not really describing what's going into that feeling. Right. We we know what's well, going she s- into the she feeling. She did
1: say. This black guy with these two little white kids. Right. I just have a feeling about this. Yeah,
2: so aside from that, I mean, we really have nothing. And it's interesting that the 911 operator isn't asking any of that information. I mean, I don't know if it's his job to figure out whether a claim is worth following up on or if he just, you know, sends someone out there to do that part of it. Well,
1: no, I don't know for sure. But it would seem to me, just reasonably thinking about this, that He can ask all the questions he needs to, to convey to the officer. He can't make a determination, no, we're not going to go do that. Mm -hmm. But he can get as much information he can to convey to the responding officer.
2: And in fact, it seems like that's a really important thing to do so that the officer doesn't approach him. In a contentious way, and then it possibly goes sideways like we see all too often. Like
1: with the Tamir Rice case, Mm -hmm. where the guy on the phone said, it might be a toy. That's probably a toy that he has, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted to see for sure. That information never made it to the cop, Uh Timothy Lohman, who jumped out of the car and in fewer than two seconds took the life Mm -hmm. of Tamir Rice. 12-year-old child. Right. Who knows what could have happened here?
2: Right, just because this woman is... Nosy.
1: She just got her nails done. <laughs> and she's worried. Uh-huh. Because it doesn't look right. Super worried. And then she stalks him. Yeah. Driving. Mm-hmm.
2: And again, I mean, we've talked about other instances where we've we've said, oh, you know, with that guy that was like holding those girls hostage in the house for years. And there were like signs where why didn't people say anything or report anything unusual? And that's why that's what stands out to me in this call is there's nothing unusual. So even these people who are like, no, you should be vigilant, you should be ready to call. It's like, yeah, but if something's happening. Yeah. nothing was happening here he, he
1: was getting gas he wasn't acting shifty
2: no and you're causing a problem for someone now maybe, now someone is gonna have a yeah, problem
1: maybe a life-ending problem right
2: luckily that didn't happen here but still and then we have these other cases of more harassment like this like this case in Brooklyn with uh Teresa Klein was the woman now they're calling her corner corner store Caroline yeah I
1: don't I want to talk about that. Don't let me get away from this without talking about that. Well, but why don't you ahead. talk about it now? Well, I want to talk about what the story is first. I'm sorry. I just, I you're my memory. I forget to say shit.
2: Yeah, I'm probably going to forget, but I'll try. <laughs> so this woman was at the deli counter and she um, felt something brush against her. And she claimed that this feeling that she had was a nine-year-old groping her, a nine-year-old black boy groping her. Right. And so she freaked out and started accusing him of groping her. And people started recording what was happening, right? Um, the boy was crying, he was in tears because he's being accused of groping this woman and she's yelling and it's he's scary. a small child. Right. And it what actually happened is he walked by her and he had a backpack on. They were able to review the security footage yeah. and he walked by her and hit her with his backpack. Like brushed the backpack against her And then she just starts accusing him of groping her yeah, It's a
1: sexual assault at that when
2: point When it was an accident Yeah Because of the backpack
1: You know how many times I've been in public And been brushed by Or or, or bumped into by a lady's purse Mm-hmm Or uh, Come on
2: Well, so it gets more ridiculous Because she actually called 911 And on the 911 call She said, quote I was just sexually assaulted by a child Wow so she's actually What's her name calling again? Teresa Klein. Teresa Klein. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because people are giving clever names to these people: the barbecue Becky and all the others, pool Patty, pool party Patty, or whatever. Mm-hmm,
9: mm-hmm.
1: And they're calling her Cornerstone Catherine. That Caroline. Ca- Cornerstone Caroline. Caroline. That takes off the responsibility of. Her name's Teresa Klein. The world needs to know her name. Shame needs to be bestowed upon her, because that's the only way this kind of shit is going to change—is being known and being called out for it. So I, if we can find out the name, and then on this next story, we, we, I don't want to say this name because I haven't verified that this is real. I'm seeing it several different places. But no mainstream outlet is reporting it, so...
2: Well, before we move on to that story, I want to say really quick that she has apologized because she did see the video and realized that he accidentally... She said, the child accidentally brushed against me and she's yeah. apologized. But I totally get it. People are reacting and saying, that's not good enough. Yeah. You know, we're sick of having this happen and then we get an apology, you know, you made a false report to the police.
1: That's right. And a serious one.
2: Yeah. That's a, a sexual serious allegation. Right. And so then you just get to come out and say, oh, no, I understand. Now it was a misunderstanding. You hit me with your backpack. I apologize yeah. for accusing you of being a sexual predator at nine years old.
1: Because you're black. You know? I mean, we, we don't know that that's what it was. But come on. Come on. If a little white boy a little innocent-looking white boy with his backpack, and she turns around, and that's what she sees, is, oh, oh, it's just a little Timmy. It's it's fine, honey. Go on. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I believe that it would have gone a different way mm-hmm. had it been a little white child at nine years old. Well,
2: and the research suggests that black children, um, also black girls, are viewed as less innocent. That's right. So, um, and you, you see From that... that
1: recent study where they looked into... Um, Punishments in school, I believe, is what it was. Right, and they get yeah.
2: more harsh harsh punishment yeah. as well. Um, but that also leads to the next case that you're talking about, where the white woman, this was in St. Louis? Yes. She blocked the black man from entering his apartment building. She was, like, walking her dog or something? And yeah, then-
1: it's a classic, you know, fake blonde girl with her little shit dog. <laughs> You know what I mean?
2: And she, I think, was coming back in the building, and then he went to try to enter the building as well because he lives there. He was going home. And she blocked him from entering.
9: Please move, ma'am.
3: I can. Okay. Do you live here?
9: I'll be answering that question. Excuse me. I'm sorry. 20,
3: the, the keypad is right there.
9: I understand that, ma'am. But you you're... can
3: film me. That's okay. fine. I
9: understand ma'am, but you're blocking me. Into my building. Okay. And okay, it's my building as well, so I need you to get out my way.
3: Okay, what
9: okay. unit? I don't need to say that information. So excuse me, ma'am.
3: I'm uncomfortable. Me.
9: Okay, you can be uncomfortable. That's that's your discretion. You're uncomfortable because it's you. I need you to move out my way, please. No, ma'am. Please stop touching me.
3: I'm not touching you. Yet.
9: Just was previously. Before. I'm not touching okay. you at all. So I'm, I'm going to step in. Where I live I'm now. not
3: touching you, and I'm not in any way doing anything outside of letting okay. my dog go to
9: the bathroom. Okay. I live here and you're blocking the door. What being, unit? I don't need to tell you that. What unit do you live in?
3: 307. Okay.
9: Great. I'm on the fourth floor. Excuse me. No. no.
3: You don't have
9: a key fob. You are no. 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 If
3: you have that, then okay.
9: Ma'am, no, you're not security. You're not the property manager. You're not no, Mike Herman. No, but I
3: live here. Okay, and
9: I live here too. You're not Mike Herman. You're not Rick.
3: I don't like the fact you have your phone in my face. Okay,
9: I don't like the fact that you're blocking me before I pay. All I'm asking
3: in. is what unit? But you're
9: not, I don't need to tell you that information, man. If you
3: want to come into my building,
9: it's not your building. You're not the owner. You pay rent,
3: sir. You walked up on a street.
9: Yes, yes, had, and I've already buzzed in. I've already you used You did one. not, okay, man. Yes. It does not even matter. Can you Can get you, out of my way?
3: No. Can you show me the key for coming into yeah, this building? I'm not showing
1: sure you. All right, we're gonna pause it there. He ends up forcing his way through mm-hmm. and not g- aggressively. No. He just slides by and I'm sure their bodies made contact. Mm-hmm. Here's what really fucking bothers me about this. I mean, the, the what I've really pinned down, the really thing that bothers me. You mean me aside
2: is, from the whole thing? Yeah, the
1: whole thing is just fucking outrageous. Right. But the thing that really, really strikes me is he must remain calm.
2: Right. Calling her ma'am. Unacceptably calm. Mm -hmm. He must do that. Right. In order to preserve his life. Right. Even though this is unbelievable harassment.
1: Because he doesn't have any obligation to say where the fuck he lives to a stranger. Absolutely not. He has a legal right to be there, Mm -hmm. he pays rent. In the building, mm-hmm. they ostensibly did a background check and a credit check to uh, let him live there. Mm-hmm. He is acceptable by the standards of the organization that has signed a lease with him, an agreement, right, for him to have access to the property
2: in equal right as she does. Yes, right. So she, she has is, no right to lord she over is him.
1: Blocking the door, right? She is standing with her arms on one side and the other, mm-hmm. and she's not letting him in. And he's in a position to have to be. Super sweet, respectful to this fucking white lady
2: mm-hmm.
1: who, this is, uh, you're coming into my building.
2: I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, what, what are you doing? Great. You feel uncomfortable. You're doing that to yourself.
9: Yes. <laughs> Anything. in the second, man, I'm bound to walk through where I live at, so. No. Okay.
3: Can you show me the key fob into this? No.
9: Excuse me. No. Time. Excuse me. Are you kidding me?
2: Now he's walking to the elevator. That's
9: right. Call the police whatever you want to do.
3: Where are you going? Do you have a kebab that looks like this? You can film all you want. I'm not being rude. I'm not being disrespectful. You walked into a building that I was taking my dog out and pushed your way in.
1: And then she starts asking him, who are you going to see? She still doesn't believe he lives there.
2: Right, follows him into the elevator. Now they're in the elevator. Who are
3: you going up to the fourth floor to see? No, I want to know
9: who you're going to see. So now you got to follow me. I am. Why? Because I would like to know who's friends
3: and why you're here. Well, I live here. And if you do, then I'd like to meet you because you're a neighbor. And- <laughs> oh, Jesus.
9: I don't want to do no diligence. That is fucking I'm rich. I'm going to my house. I live at uh, where I
3: pay. I would like to introduce
9: myself to as a neighbor. Anyway, there's two How other videos. How terrible is
2: this person, honestly? Yeah, oh my I God. I mean, it's just, uh, it's so terrible.
1: There are two other videos, and there's a video of him with his key in his door, walking in. Right. And then she switches to this narrative of, well, what's your name? I'd love to meet my new neighbor, my neighbor. Right. It's just, he... I wouldn't have acted this polite, Mm -hmm. and I would have had no fear of what would happen. Mm -hmm. And then what did end up happening? She did call the cops. Yes. After watching him open his own apartment with his own key and walk into his personal domicile, Mm -hmm. she called the police, which then responded... And showed up as an apartment about a half hour later.
2: Right. And he said in an interview, quote, I was kind of blown away, shocked. I'm just glad I had my camera out. If I did not have my camera out, I feel it could have gone a totally different way because the cops ended up leaving without giving anyone a citation. But had he not had that video footage to protect himself, who knows what she could have said? Yeah. He shoved me out of the way he was being very aggressive i was very afraid whatever it might be
1: and why would you think she she would do anything other than that why would you why would any one reasonable person believe that she would do anything other than lie and be deceitful when she's clearly unhinged and not reasonable
2: well she's being deceitful there once she realizes oh shit he lives here i've been harassing this person for what 10 minutes yeah and he does live here and now i need to backtrack because oh wait i'm a property manager or whatever i am i work at a property management company another one not for this building and this could be bad for me
1: well that's what we've learned i went to the tribeca stl website which is the the, the building here and the property management company posted, trying to pull it up here, posted on their website. This is from their website. This is not from some extraneous website that's posting names and all this other shit because the web, the other websites are posting her name and saying that she worked there. And I went, I checked it out. We're not going to say her name because I can't verify that. Message from Tribeca Management. Tribeca STL was recently shared. I think it was hastily put up here, Mm -hmm. too, because it's not well-written.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Tribeca STL was recently shared a video containing a disturbing interaction that we believe is important to clarify. The video did involve one of our employees, but but the event did not take place at Tribeca STL and did not involve one of our tenants. The video is showed, showing the employee in her private life at her own residence interacting with another person. The Tribeca STL family is a mi- minority-owned company that consists of employees and residents from many racial backgrounds. We are proud of this fact and do not and never will stand for racism or racial profiling at our company. After a review of the matter, the employee has been terminated and is no longer with our company. At Tribeca STL... We want all residents, guests, and visitors to feel welcomed, safe, and respected.
2: Which obviously will not likely be the case if she was working there. So she has been fired. Yes. And it's just, it's really, it's really disturbing. We continue to see this. But it's also great that people are able to film this now and put it on the internet. Because we can see that this still exists. And that this is the reality that has existed for people of color forever and that it still is happening today.
1: Yeah. Right well, now. Listen,
2: even with cell phones,
1: it's still happening. Imagine the frequency with which it was happening prior to the ability to record in HD at the tip of your fingers.
2: Right. Well, and people, obviously, with this woman, I mean, she said, I, I don't like the phone in my face, but she continued. Yeah. She She wasn't deterred by that at all. She did not mind that it was right in her face. We see her whole face, you know,
1: Uh,
2: it it wasn't a threat to her. And for some reason, that still isn't like computing with them. They don't understand that there's going to be consequences. And so who knows what it takes? Maybe she'll start to do some work on herself and think, hey, why did I single this guy out? Would I do that to a white guy who was entering the building?
1: Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully, she doesn't label herself a victim mm-hmm. in all of this. Right. Um, because she's not. She's not a martyr. She got what she deserved. Y- you deserve to have consequences, even if it means losing your job, especially when you're treating uh, customers of your company poorly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. Again, 657 464 7609. Email those voice memos from your smartphone to I Doubt It.
2: Can you believe that? And it is crazy. It is soon going to be the rush of the holiday season, where everyone's going to be panicking and getting into fights at the mall. You know how that starts to happen.
1: We drove by the mall <laughs> today or yesterday, and, and I commented, right. "This is a place to avoid mm-hmm. uh, in in the in the in the in the weeks to follow because it's just insane."
2: Yeah. So. You can avoid that by shopping on Amazon if you want, um, using the dollamore.com slash Amazon link, if that's your jam. Uh if not, then you know, go to the mall and just try to <laughs> handle all that. <laughs> yes. Um, but we really appreciate the support you guys on Patreon and PayPal. Um, thank you so much for what you do. Also, speaking of the holidays, don't forget those Thanksgiving episodes.
1: We got a submission that was an email. Yes. That's As much as we appreciate the email, and you know who you are, (laughs) that's not how it works. We need voicemail and voice memo submissions of earnest, heartfelt things for which you are thankful.
2: Correct. So do some brainstorming. Write out uh, dig deep, everybody. Yeah, write out some (laughs) some notes on what you want to say. Go into a quiet room where you can record with there's not a lot of background noise. Maybe have
1: a smoking jacket on and a nice glass of cognac yeah you're really painting a picture here Brittany take Page. a break
2: from the world and do some <laughs> self-reflection self-care uh, but seriously send send us those voice memos those um voicemails what's wrong with me and uh don't say your name because it's anonymous and we'll cut it out anyway and don't say you're thankful for the show because we'll cut that out too um, although we appreciate that. Seriously, we appreciate it. It's just that
1: We can say it just causes more work for me. Yeah,
2: we if you go back and you listen to the old Thanksgiving episodes, you'll get it. It's not about how thankful we are for the show. It's just a reflection on life and the year yeah, and your family, what, what has happened. Your friends,
1: whatever. Yeah, and I think it's important. It is a profanity free free, fa- fr- family friendly. What's wrong with me? It's contagious. <laughs> it is a profanity-free, mm-hmm. um, family-friendly episode designed
2: to listen to with
1: positive news. It's like a a taking care of Biz episode all about itself. And then we play the listener submissions. And then we also talk about what we're individually thankful for which always ends up in a f- blubbering pile of bullshit tears you know yeah good well, times well
2: it's designed to listen to on the holiday with your family yeah so yeah
1: awesome all right moving on dollar democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism
2: the fervor over Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation has died down just a bit. Just a bit, yeah. Just a bit, although people are still concerned, particularly as it relates to Roe v. Wade and Roe v. Wade being overturned. Now, Jeffrey Tubin and people like Jeffrey Tubin have been quick to go on the shows and talk about how we're going to be living in a Handmaid's Tale hell. Yeah, a
1: lot of doom and gloom.
2: Yes. And so I think some of that has rubbed off on a lot of people. And there is a lot of fear out there over what's going to happen if Roe versus Wade is overturned. So I thought it would be important to talk about what that would actually look like if that were to yeah. happen. Um, so there was a really great article in the Washington Post that kind of broke down what would happen. Um It talks about how complicated the legal framework is surrounding Roe v. Wade. But basically, if it is overturned, some states would continue allowing women access to abortions, while others may bar them from receiving the procedure or restrict access to it at various points in the pregnancy or for any number of reasons. So basically what that means is it goes back to the states to make those determinations. That's right. And certain states think... Uh, states run by Democrats, there will be no problem, right? California, you will still have access to abortion services. States like Mississippi, for example.
1: Idaho, Oklahoma, North Dakota.
2: Right. There's probably going to be a problem in those states. Texas. Right. So it is in a situation where it's overturned and all across the board, no one can go find an abortion anywhere. That's not necessarily the case. I mean, it's still not great, right? What what could actually happen? It's for sure,
1: terrible. Yeah,
2: but knowing that, I think, is better than the alternative. I don't know.
1: Well, you know, we, yes, for sure, it is. I, I think that a lot of people,
2: just because we have a
1: weird and very complex system uh, relative to the rest of the world, because we have our individual states that are protected by the Constitution, also just like. Um, Individuals are the 10th Amendment specifically that any any law, um, any any power not granted to the federal government or specifically not granted to the states is for the states. That's what the 10th Amendment is. Mm -hmm. And so if and it is, listen, I I don't want to say it's likely, but it is very, very possible that Roe versus Wade will be overturned with this particular makeup of the court. If you live in California, it's not going to affect you. If you're to, if you live in Washington, Oregon, it's not going to affect you. New York, it's Massachusetts. If you live in a in a solid blue state, you and yours are okay. Like Brittany was saying, it's the deep red states that have a vendetta, an axe to grind, against abortion providers it's going to be a problem.
2: Yeah, so there are actually states that have laws that explicitly protect abortion. So Washington, Oregon, Nevada, California, Maine, Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland. And so... In this article, they note that Roe v. Wade didn't guarantee access to legal abortion. What the decision did was that... Privacy. The It states that the de- procedure can't be restricted before the point that the fetus is viable. So overturning Roe wouldn't change much for, again, those democratically run states. Um, but... In the 26 states where Republicans hold governorship or control the legislature, stricter abortion bans would probably follow if the court weakens or eliminates the Roe standard, according yeah. to this article. Yeah. So
1: um, all that sounds right to me.
2: The author notes you know, four
1: noted legal scholar, Jesse dollimore
2: The author, <laughs> the author notes four of the states, Louisiana, Mississippi, North and South Dakota, that have enacted trigger laws, which would go into effect should Roe be struck down. Um. so Louisiana's 2006 law would prohibit all abortions except when a woman's life is in danger Mississippi's 20, 2007 law would also allow an exception in cases of rape
1: so who does this hurt specifically this hurts poor populations or those maybe not poor but too poor to go outside of the state to seek that kind of health care if you're a, a, a poor minority woman living in Mississippi, where already there's only one or two abortion providers in the whole goddamn state, mm-hmm. which is a large geographic area. It's already made difficult. Then you will have to go out of state, making it even more difficult, if not impossible, to get those services
2: yeah the other interesting part of this article in the washington post is she says that the supreme court doesn't necessarily need to overturn roe v wade to drastically reshape the abortion laws in america that there are many state restrictions that the justices could consider which would then allow them to significantly move the boundary lines on access just chip away Right. And many people believe that this could actually be more likely than overturning Roe v. Wade entirely. Yeah. So I, I think it's important to read about this a little bit just so you can kind of wrap your head around what it would actually look like if it gets overturned. And then also the different ways in which they can chip away at access. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, elections have consequences. And this is one of those consequences um, getting a conservative majority on the Supreme Court
1: this is also why it's important to get out there and goddamn vote
2: one hundred percent yes
1: get out there and vote yes if you live in a safe district, get out there and vote it doesn't matter
2: mm-hmm. guilt, if, guilt your family, guilt yes. your friends do it Be- listen, now's the time
1: because this is the crisis that we face, and who knows? There is a long shot that something will go down with this investigation that uh, Chief Justice John Roberts uh, forwarded on to one of the the district circuits.
2: Mm-hmm, Yeah.
1: Um. That's a long shot. It could happen. I think that's it's probably a a five percent chance that something will come of that. That's mm-hmm. just out of my dumb head. But um, <laughs> we can't count on that. Yeah. We need to send um. Solid, qualified, progressive, liberal, Democrats, whomever, anyone who is opposing the agenda of Donald Trump, that is a person to send. And we can't have this purity test bullshit that happened during 2016. I just couldn't see myself voting for Hillary. Let me tell you something. We're going to talk about it next time on the show. Hillary's terrible. She is not a good person.
2: So is Bill Clinton. Yes. Finish slow burn, you guys.
1: Yes. So you can be
2: prepared for our conversation next time.
1: But, yeah, because we're going to go heavy on this. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I'm waiting for the emails. I'm waiting for the drop off in Patreon. Uh Uh-oh. I mean, get ready.
2: I I will say there is... uh, Something has changed with the Me Too movement where the protection that has existed for Bill Clinton, I think, is slowly being chipped away as well. Yeah. Because... My mainstream
1: intellectuals.
2: Yeah. People are starting to realize that there really isn't a difference, right? That yeah. they really were being motivated by their partisanship to defend Bill Clinton and then denounce conservatives who violate women in various yeah. ways. Yeah,
1: we're going to be all over that uh, on our next episode. Yeah, so
2: don't get too worried, Jesse D. No,
1: I'm, I'm just... I'm letting people know it's... Look... I,
2: I, We're not...
1: People are like, oh, they're totally unbiased. They say that in the reviews. Nobody's unbiased. We have bias. But I'm not beholden to any fucking party. Just because you have a D next to your name, that means nothing to me. If you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit. If you say that there was nothing wrong with what Bill Clinton did because she was an adult, Hillary Clinton, no good. Anyway, we're going to talk about it next time. Why are you goaded me in?
2: Well, I just want to (laughs) say, if that were the dividing line then like no sexual harassment cases would go forward <laughs> if harassment yeah. wasn't a thing because the other person is an adult you know i mean yeah what is that saying honestly yeah but we'll get into that next time we
9: will <laughs> We'll stop talking
2: time. about it now we've been <laughs> talking about it for five minutes we'll talk about it for 10 minutes on the next episode
1: <laughs> and i think we'll talk about it for more than that because we'll have the clips and everything mm-hmm. so um moving on the other thing I want to talk about very briefly is this uh Kanye fiasco. This 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 publicity stunt that they played using Kanye as a as a prop in the Oval Office, Donald Trump. How many Oval Office meetings do they have where they bring in a room filled with um media, print and and and, and video media. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. They just don't do that.
2: Well, I just... I love... I love what would have happened if President Obama... Had a rapper into his Oval Office yeah. to go on a 10 plus minute monologue where he used fuck several times.
1: Yeah. And, In the Oval Office.
2: And talked about how great he is as a president. I would just love to see Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, these people who are now praising Kanye West.
1: Remember how they freaked out when Common came to the White House?
2: Of course they did. <laughs> They're so inconsistent, it's insane.
1: Yes. So this is the one moment. There's there's three separate moments that I have here, but I'm only going to talk about the one because it just it it shows one Donald Trump. It just he's a piece of shit. Anyway, here's here here it is. Goddamn.
7: I think it's the
0: bravery that helps you beat this game called life. You know, they tried to scare me to not wear this hat, my own friends, but this hat it gives me it gives me power in a way. You know, my dad. And my mom separated, so I didn't have a lot of male energy in my home. And also, uh, I'm married to a family that, um, you know, (laughs) not a
7: lot of male energy going on. It's beautiful, though, but there's times where...
1: How many times have you heard Donald Trump actually laugh?
2: He doesn't laugh often.
1: But when you make a joke about a trans woman, he's chuckling it up Mm -hmm. in the midst of this publicity stunt with Kanye. Look, he married into a family that doesn't have a lot of male energy, Mm -hmm. meaning Caitlyn Jenner, Mm -hmm. Donald Trump chuckling. Oh, (laughs) that's so funny. It just, especially after having watched the 60 Minutes interview, I am disgusted further anew. I'm disgusted with Donald Trump. And the fact that he was rewarded with the Oval Office. He was rewarded with the Office of the Presidency of the United States of America. He has the same job as Abraham Lincoln. And he's turned this into a reality show. A disgusting display. It's depressing for me, but it's also wildly motivating and it should be i think for you too, to get out there and vote on november 6th
2: well i also i i don't want to speculate on what's going on with kanye i think it's not helpful for people to do that about his mental health or what might be going on there yeah um so i don't have any comment for that but what was unfortunate for me was to watch him going on his his rant and the face that jared kushner was making and the face that ivanka trump was making the face that donald trump was making they know that this was a spectacle yeah and they think it's funny right and what you said about using him it did seem like he was being used in that moment, yeah, and I think that that's what the sad part about it is. I don't know what Kanye's getting out of that relationship, but it certainly seems like the Trump family is getting more out of that relationship than he's getting from it,
1: yeah it is it's 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 use and abuse from my perspective, from what I can see
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh not good it's a bummer, and it's you know just disgusting that they are. The whole thing. It's just no good. Anyway, let's move on. I want to talk about this Stacey Abrams thing with Brian Kemp who is presently the Secretary of State of the state of Georgia.
2: He's a real tough guy, I heard.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. It is amazing. His campaign ads where he's surrounded. Remember the one I counted the guns. He's holding a gun. He's holding a shotgun and he's got an AR15 and some right you know a 7mm a 30-06 a 30-30 he's got some guns there on the side mm-hmm. he's got some pistols maybe a, a 9mm a 45 a Glock a, uh, there's a there's a maybe a Desert Eagle or something there it's like 13 guns in frame
9: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> in a campaign ad because you know you're not a real tough guy unless you brandish weapons.
2: Well, there was another ad where he had something blowing up in the background. Yeah, just randomly. And then he's like walking like a like a tough guy toward the camera while something just blows up in the background. I don't know what was happening.
7: Just chill.
2: And then he like pulls up in his truck. Yeah. I it, it, mean, seriously. it's just the worst. So, it's honestly, it's the worst.
1: So anyway, he is the Secretary of State of the State of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Secretary of States, uh, Secretaries of State across the uh, uh, across the United States are in charge of elections in their state, including the, the voter registration rolls. And he is now calling the rolls. He has canceled the registration since 2012 of 1,400,000 Georgia residents. And in only 2017, since he started running for governor, 640,000 voter registrations have been canceled and currently he is holding hostage 53,000 voter registrations of Georgia which has a population that is 32 percent black and the population if it was uh consistent with the population of black residents you would think that 32 percent of that 53,000 would be black but it's over double that yeah. It's seventy percent.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if you already said this, but Brian Kemp is running for governor. That is, I did not say that against yes. against Stacey Abrams. That is right. And so, what exists here is a tremendous conflict of interest, where he's in charge of voter registrations, yeah. and he is placing these voter registrations on hold and doing nefarious things when he's going to be
1: benefiting from that decision.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So this is. A huge conflict of interest seems like something that shouldn't even be allowed, and yet here we are.
1: Here
6: here we are. Here's, because nothing
2: uh, should surprise us yeah, anymore. He, here's a
6: little bit about it. There's also a huge political controversy, and that's our politics lead today. With 25 days until the election, the Republican running for governor is being accused of voter suppression by his Democratic opponent. Brian Kemp is not only the Republican gubernatorial nominee, he's Georgia's secretary of state, and now civil rights groups are suing him, claiming that Kemp's office put more than 53,000 voter registrations on hold. An analysis by the Associated Press shows that nearly 70% of those voter registrations are those belonging to African Americans. This is all because of the exact match law, which is used here, and that means any typo or even a missing hyphen between the voter's ID and their voter registration can be flagged. Civil rights groups say that practice is discriminatory.
7: The reality is that minority voters are often the ones with unusual names that are sometimes harder for state officials to capture accurately in the state's database, and they are being penalized for that.
6: Brian Kemp's campaign calls the claims bogus. He says Georgia has increased voter rolls under his leadership. His Democratic opponent, Stacey Abrams, wants him to resign as secretary of state ahead of the election next month. Let's talk about this. Uh, Simone, Brian Kemp doesn't dispute the racial makeup uh, of these voters' uh, registrations that are in question. He blames it on an organization called the New Georgia Project, which is a voting group founded by his opponent, uh, Democrat Stacey Abrams, who registered mostly black voters. He says they submitted inadequate forms.
7: Um, so that's not true. So there's a little history here. So one, Brian Kemp is currently the Secretary of State, and he was sued by the New Georgia Project in 2014 and 2016 for this very thing. This exact match law was at first a policy of none other than Brian Kemp's that the Secretary of State's office did under the table without telling anyone. And the only reason anybody found out late in, in 2016 was because 50,000 voters that the New Georgia Project uh, registered to vote were not on the rolls. So they reached a compromise with the Secretary of State's office. And while the compromise was reached, the Secretary of State's office went behind their back, went to the legislature, then the legislature passed a bill over the very policy that he had previously been sued over. So Brian Kemp knows exactly what he's doing. He doesn't have the best interests of Georgia voters in mind. And I absolutely think he should resign.
6: um, Brian Kemp uh, argues that this is bogus. that This is just being used by Abrams to gin up outrage to get voters uh, to the polls. Uh, It it is always weird, though, when a secretary of state is running for higher office. And you might remember Chris Kobach running for governor. And he had a supervisory role there uh, in looking at the recount between him and his Republican opponent. Do you think there's any merit to the charge that he should step down from this? Or maybe you should delegate the actual, you know, election day supervision to a career deputy or something like that. I mean, to be fair, the law was passed by the Georgia legislature. That's not exactly going under the table. That's like a public act. And you can vote. I mean, the fifty and this they should be told this. The fifty three thousand people can show up, show their. Uh, at, uh, the, at their ID, their right? Yeah. Their ID. They can vote. It's a provisional ballot. And then people, and this happens all the time, provisional ballots get counted often. And if it is just a ridiculous hyphen missing, the ballot will be counted. So I'm not, I have no view on what, I don't know that the law is necessary or wise. But it, it, if I were a Democrat in Georgia, I would be telling those 53,000 people, you need to go and vote. Yeah, and well-
1: that is the message that need, needs to be uh, conveyed there that if you are one of those 53,000, get your ass out there if you're in Georgia and vote.
6: Mm hmm.
1: Even if in the end your vote isn't maybe counted, you have to do the dude you have to go through the effort to vote. Because if not, it is a, listen, it's a tight race. It's it's a within the margin of error, it's a two-point race in Brian Kemp's favor. It's about as close as it gets.
2: Yeah, and it sucks and it's demoralizing because you're up against this shady business. Yeah. But it is. I mean, he's trying to put this roadblock. In your way, and you can't let him win, right? That's right. Because um, it will
1: be rewarding him for bad behavior.
2: It's, it's terrible. But luckily, there are civil rights groups that are now suing him um, and saying that his method, the method his office uses to verify new voter registrations, is discriminatory. So the lawsuit was filed on Thursday, and we'll see what happens with that. But he is not someone who. Uh, (laughs) seems to care a lot just a stupid asshole about what people are saying and about what he's doing and how damaging it really is yeah listen here's here's chuck
1: todd Stacey abrams was on with chuck todd on sunday
6: today and uh they talked a little bit about this and here's her take on it let me ask you about an issue that's been front and center for your campaign over the last week to 10 days and that is uh this issue of rejected voter registration forms due to this issue of exact match. If it is an exact match, then suddenly the registration gets thrown out. Seventy percent of these registrations belong to African-American voters. Do you believe this is an intentional decision
4: by your um, by your opponent in the office that he runs? A- absolutely. I was part of a coalition that sued him in 2016 to force him to stop using this process. And a federal judge agreed with us, said that He had unlawfully canceled more than 33,000 registrations, and they forced him to restore those registrations. In response, the Republicans passed a law in the 2017 legislative session to allow him to do it again. And so the, the challenge is twofold. One is that we know this is a flawed system that has a disproportionate effect on people of color. But it also has the ability to erode trust in our system. I know that Secretary Kemp is well aware of this. And it's part of a pattern of behavior where he tries to tilt the playing field in his favor or in the favor of his party. This should not require the erosion of public trust.
6: Are you confident this is going to be a fair election in November?
4: I I am, and here's why. The 53,000 that we know about do have the ability to go and cast a ballot. The problem is it's a subjective system with 159 counties and thousands of precinct poll workers being asked to substantially verify. That's why this is problematic. Because we are creating another set of hurdles for people who simply want to exercise their right to vote. But my organization, working with Democratic Party, we've put together the largest voter protection effort in the state's history. And we have national organizations that are also paying attention. And I think we can make this work.
1: For how long in America do blacks have to suffer under the boot of oppressors, white oppressors, especially related to the goddamn vote? whether it be a poll tax or some other qualifier. At every step in the history of this country after blacks got the vote, there has been an effort, a concerted effort, to throw up roadblocks and obstacles. This is un-American, this is undemocratic, and this should be a disqualifier. For public office.
2: Yeah, and that's that's what I was tr- touching on when I talked about demoralizing. Yeah. Because I, I really hope that it doesn't have the effect of people losing faith in the system. Because he hopes it will. Yeah, and you see that happen a lot where elections don't go the way that people want. And things get so terrible that we start to feel really pessimistic. I mean, it's natural. It's totally natural. For sure. Um, But it's just... It's a terrible situation. You
1: have to continue to fight. Yeah. Because if not, you give up. They win. Mm-hmm. And they win for generations.
2: Yeah. So, look, Stacey... Kavana-
1: look, Kavanaugh could be on the court. Steve Schmidt was saying, till 2058. Yeah. Until he's 90. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. We have to fight. We have to find it within ourselves to muster the energy and the motivation and the passion to continue to march on.
2: And not let the Brian Kemps of the world get what they want.
1: That is exactly right.
2: Taken Care of Biz. Bear
1: 409. <laughs> Is that a cleaning product? Bear 409.
2: No, this was a submission from listener Ryan. And uh, he recommended this as the taking care of biz story because Alaska, a national park in Alaska, um, held an annual fattest bear contest. (laughs) Yes. Um, I don't know why. (laughs) Why?
1: Well, that really makes me laugh. It
2: is the fourth <laughs> year the national park has held this competition, and this year the fattest bear award—the fat ass
1: bear—went
2: to four oh nine bead nose.
1: That's the bear's name, I guess. 409 bead nose. Correct.
2: Wow. Uh, quote, her radiant rolls were deemed by the voting public to be this year's most fabulous flab. Our chubby champ has a few more weeks to chow down on lingering salmon carcasses before she heads up the mountains to dig herself a den and savor her victory. It's a
1: good life being a bear, I think. That
2: sounds delicious.
1: You just gorge yourself on salmon swimming upstream. Mm-hmm gorge yourself on delicious freshly caught salmon mm-hmm. fatten up dig a hole and then go to sleep for months at a time that's a dream for you Brittany.
2: it really is it really is it's fish it's like a, it's drink, like a yep.
1: three months long sushi feast and then a three months long nap exactly
2: <laughs> eating a lot of fish and naps i'm super happy you could subsist on fish alone yeah I for sure could. Absolutely. Um, so this competition began with 12 bears. And then they did a little face-off. And- Beats,
1: bears, battleship Galact- <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> I know you just said it like Jim from The Office.
2: Okay, thank you. Um, so yeah, I think this is great. It's you know a little levity on the internet, which is nice. Um, In these
1: tenuous times. Yeah,
2: mocking the bears, but...
1: <laughs> Mocking the bears
2: Fat Bear Week you is apparently dumb
1: fucking bears
2: <laughs> Fat Bear Week is going to be a new thing on the internet Like Shark Week
1: Oh, well, you know I'm
2: making my prediction now <laughs> This will take off I don't think
1: you're going to get a toot your own horn on this one I think I will All right I
2: think it'll be the first time <laughs> I'll be able to toot my own horn About the fattest bear contest
1: Horn, not whore, right?
2: Did I say whore? I meant I, horn I thought
1: you said whore Toot I... your own whore
2: Horn I said horn Toot toot <laughs> Wow So thank you Ryan For recommending that We always appreciate Recommendations We do Yes
1: We love you guys We're gonna leave you there Listen um, It has been a busy Couple weeks Around here It has uh, We have a Fantastic Bonus episode Scheduled for tomorrow Yeah We'll probably release it on Tuesday or Wednesday Yeah And it's gonna It really seriously Brittany's very excited About this
2: Yeah Um, I read the book From this author And I loved it um, and I think you guys will really enjoy the interview and be excited to go out and buy the book as well.
1: Awesome. All right, we'll, we'll see you next time. We love you guys. We'd love to hear from you. Six five seven-464-7609. Of course, you can always email the voice memos from your smartphone to doubt at We are waiting with bated breath for your contribution to the show. Again, we'll see you next time. We appreciate you. We love you page I'm Jesse Dollimore this has been I doubt you know everybody has regrets in life that's my one regret that I was kind of a dick (laughs) to that guy